Welcome to Calm the Hill Down, a podcast that explores how we can cultivate a sense of calm in a world that is anything but. I believe when we're calm, we're better at everything we do. In our high-pressure culture, we need tools to help us stay grounded so that we can be more creative, engaged, and present. I'm Laura Maurer, a successful New York-based marketing consultant, and each week I'll talk with experts who share unexpected ways that we can lead calmer lives. Plus, I'll take you behind the scenes as my partner and I built a retreat center and remote working center for digital nomads on the coast of Ecuador. And we'll use what I learn on this podcast to create the ultimate calming and joyful space. Let's get started. My guest today is an executive and personal coach who helps people and organizations who are experiencing dilemmas or uncertainty make and navigate their most important choices. He's also worked with men for over half a decade to inspire them to trust themselves, live authentically and vulnerably, and step into the arena in their personal and professional lives. Please welcome Jake Fishbein. Hey there, how are you? Hey, Laura. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Been in New York now for almost uh, going on nine years. Will be nine years in January, early January, twenty twenty three already. I went to Crazy. college in at Kenyon College in Ohio. Ran track and field. Majored in history. I've been a huge history nerd since I was a kid. A lot into ancient Greece, which was my zone of genius for a really long time. <laughs> And like I said, I've been in New York City for nine years now. I've done a variety of things. And for the past four and a half, been in the coaching sphere and and actually been involved in personal development and coaching for about seven and a half years at this point. And we were introduced by a mutual friend who works with you and speaks very highly of you. So seems like you have found a new zone of genius. Yes, I I think so. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So one thing I would love for you to talk about is the power of vulnerability. I know you you work with both men and women, but it seems like mostly men. And I would love to learn how vulnerability comes into play with the work you do. Absolutely. I really do think that vulnerability, I mean, for both men and women, for humans in general, is one of the strengths to really lean into. And I know a lot of people relate to vulnerability, and I used to as a weakness or revealing something that could be used against you later on. Mm. And while I think that is a component of vulnerability, the way I relate to it these days is much more along the lines of how Brene Brown talks about vulnerability, especially in, in her book, Daring Greatly. I run a men's group called the Arena Men's Group, and it's all about that idea of being vulnerable and, and the arena as this space of vulnerability that vulnerability, how I relate to it is anytime you do something where you don't know what the outcome is going to be, where you put yourself in a new situation, you make a choice and you don't know what's going to happen. That is vulnerable. That could be as simple as asking your friend to go have a deeper conversation or asking them to do something new that you haven't done before. That is actually vulnerable. I think a lot of times people think about vulnerability as airing their deepest, darkest Mm -hmm. secrets, and that can be a component of vulnerability. But I actually know from myself, having done a lot of practice with talking about deep things, that that's no longer vulnerable for me. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a much broader definition than I normally think. Like you said, I tend to think of, yeah, sharing something that is dark and maybe a little bit shameful, but that much broader definition of 
oh, I'm going to try maybe a restaurant I've never been to. You're kind of being vulnerable there. So that that definitely makes it less scary, I think, for people who are hesitant to be vulnerable. Yes. I know when I started doing this work, I did relate to vulnerability as let's talk about the deep, dark secrets and our shame and the stories we tell ourselves that get in our way and all of that really powerful stuff that is vulnerable to talk about. And as I started trying to have those conversations and my friends were like, whoa, hold on a second. I don't want to go there. I began to learn that vulnerability looks different for different people. Mm -hmm. And what I think is vulnerable, what's vulnerable for me, may not be vulnerable for someone else. And vice versa, what I don't think is vulnerable might be really vulnerable for someone. Mm -hmm. And that distinction of understanding that each of us has our own relationship with what it is to be vulnerable is something that's really key as we work in our relationships and as we're with people. I know with men, for many men, I'll actually include myself, that asking for help is vulnerable. Even asking for help in a grocery store when I can't find the thing I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. I notice myself not wanting to do it because it's this vulnerable moment of admitting, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Even though I do know what's going to happen, the person who works (laughs) there is going to point me in the direction of what I'm looking for. But there's that primal or that biological fear of admitting, I don't know. And so that's vulnerable, whereas for another person asking for help might not be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It might just be something that's easy to do. Do you see a big difference in when you work with men versus women on how they approach vulnerability? I'm going to guess yes, but I would love to know what you've experienced. I actually say no. Really? Okay. In that there are different things that men and women feel are vulnerable, Mm -hmm. I guess, But every single person is unique. And so everybody's dealing with this this drive to experience belonging, to connect, this fear of rejection. And so when I work with individuals, by and large, I'm having the same conversations with women that I'm having with men. Okay. The same topics. Now, that's on the one-on-one side of things. I also run a men's group, which I've alluded to. And then it's a little different. I don't run a women's group, so I don't know what the conversations about vulnerability would be like in a women's group. Mm -hmm. But I know in a men's group, we end up talking in broad generalities in order to really cover the gambit. And in that case, I do notice differences between what I see with my one-on-one female clients. So another thing you work with people on is purpose and sort of figuring out their purpose and how to take next steps to get there. It's kind of like you said, that's a very vulnerable place to be because you are sort of saying, I have this desire to figure out what kind of sets me on fire, lights me up. I don't know what it is and I don't know how to get there. How do you kind of take that, work with people who are in that vulnerable state and help them to clarify what it is that they should do next? Hmm. It's a great question. And I mean, we could talk about that for such a long time in and of itself. You know, I go back to myself a lot with this because for many years, I used to say, I don't know what I want to do with my Mm -hmm. life. Basically, I don't know what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. And a big reason I did that is because of, I think, the fear of vulnerability of saying, this is who I am. 
Okay. That it is actually a vulnerable thing to declare. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is my purpose. And so for a lot of people, when I work with them on purpose, it's mostly starting with paying attention to who they're already being and what already lights them up. Because purpose isn't something that you go create. It already right. exists inside everybody. Our purpose is inside the choices that we make. And it is something that evolves, it changes, it isn't static. And so when I'm working with someone who's looking to find their purpose, the first step is often to just begin to notice what are the things that light them up? Where do they experience the most energy? What sends shivers up and down their spine? And those begin to give information and insight into what do I really care about? What really matters to me? An exercise I often send my clients when we're working on purpose is to look at their top 10 proudest accomplishments and journal about each of them and look at what ties them together. Mm-hmm. What are the common themes? Because we are living our purpose and it's just that choice, that vulnerable choice to pull back the veil and put a name to it. Right. And there's this quote on your site that I came across that says, focus on who you want to be and not what you want to accomplish. Accomplishments are born out of identity, which I think is kind of exactly what you were just saying. Can you talk a bit more about that? Because I feel like we are so trained to want to accomplish certain things, even if those things don't align with who we actually are or want to be. and. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And then I have a story of this happening to me a couple of days ago that I want to talk to you about. Oh, I'd love to hear that story. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say two things about this. The first is this idea I first came across in a personal development workshop about seven years ago, which was part of my introduction to this world. And they talked about this distinction and how a lot of times in our society, we go about the world thinking we have to do a lot of things to have these accomplishments, in order to be a certain way. So -hmm. I've got to work really hard to have the fancy car to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And they turned it on its head and they said that that's that's not how it works to live. And that is really about being a certain way. That if I show up fulfilled, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do and act in a certain way. And that's going to give me and I'm going to have those accomplishments that I want. Mm -hmm. And so it all starts with who do you choose to be? For me, I oftentimes get grounded in being authentic, courageous, and trusting. That those three ways of being, I know, produce results that I want to see. That we are being all of the time, and our results, our accomplishments, are a product of how we choose to show up. Mm -hmm. I would say, if you have a conversation with somebody, you can have the same conversation, say the same words. And if you're being generous and calm, it's going to have a very different result. And if you're being impatient and angry, right, you can have it say the same words, you can do the same thing, and the result will be radically different. Right. So that's part one. The second part that didn't come from this, this workshop really comes from the poem Ithaca by C.P. Caffavy, which if you all aren't familiar with it, it's a great poem about the Odyssey in many ways. And the Odyssey was my favorite book for years and years and years. I read it mm-hmm. more times than I can count. And the poem is all about the journey to Ithaca and hoping that it's a long one and recognizing that 
once you reach your Ithaca, and, and in the poem, the Odyssey, Ithaca is the home of Odysseus, the Greek hero, and he traveled for 10 years before getting home after a 10-year war at Troy. So it took a really long time. Yeah. And the whole notion is once you reach Ithaca, once you reach your destination, it's actually already given you everything. And it's time to set out again. And I think about that with our accomplishments, that we work so hard to accomplish the thing. Once we've accomplished it, it's over. Right. And then we go and we choose another accomplishment. And when we focus on the accomplishment itself, that result, we end up missing all of the experiences along the way. We end up missing the process of getting to the accomplishment, the being, the journey, Mm -hmm. and end up focusing on that split second of achievement. Right. And the split second of achievement pales in comparison to all of the seconds, all of the moments, all of the days of actually being in process to the place. And that is such a huge part of a focus on the being Mm -hmm. and how you want to be inside the process because that will create the accomplishment that you eventually experience. If you're looking for more calm in your life, subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Each week, we share the articles, music, products, books, and other fun stuff that's helping us calm the hell down this week. Plus, you'll be the first to hear about new episodes of the podcast. Head to calmtheheldown.co slash newsletter to subscribe. So I was sort of having feelings around this the other day. I was on LinkedIn or I was on Instagram or something. And I noticed that, you know, I was seeing all these people who I had gone to school with or met since graduation, getting promotions and getting awards. And on the one hand, I was really happy for them. But on the other, I felt like, I wouldn't call it jealousy, but it was this little twinge of like, should I be getting those? Should I be like on these lists? Should I be getting these titles and these promotions? And I said something about that to my partner. And I was like, yeah, I'm just feeling like kind of weird about this. And he was like, well, is that important to you? Is that what you want? And when I thought about it, I was like, no, I don't. I'm in a completely different industry. I've been doing completely different things. And I know that in order to get that promotion or that be named to that list, I would have to do a bunch of stuff I don't want to do and I'm not interested in. So it was a little bit of feeling a bit jealous or, well, maybe I don't know what I'm trying to accomplish. So I'm feeling jealous of people who are accomplishing things, even though they're not things that I want to accomplish. (laughs) But the when you put it the way you just did about focusing on those moments leading up to the accomplishment, it does make it feel like, oh, that end goal is not as important. But anyway, do you feel like other people have that issue too? Or is it just me? Oh, no, I think it's everybody. Okay. I mean, it's, it's me too, yeah. undoubtedly. You know, my brother, he just graduated business school and mm-hmm. he's gonna he's working at one of the a big consulting company. Mm-hmm. And like he's doing work he's really excited about and I'm really excited for him. And even me, I do work that I love and I get to help people all day and run men's groups and help men show up differently in their lives. And when he got the job, I had this moment of, oh my God, I'm jealous. Like yeah. he gets to have this nice job and this big <laughs> salary and like 
And I had to take that moment and step back. Yeah. And to say like, wait a second, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm on this journey of building something that I want to build. That's not what I want. It wasn't even stuff that I wanted, but I was like, should I want that? Mm -hmm. Should I be on that path? And I think it's maybe because I'm feeling a bit uncertain about my own path at the moment. Whereas like, I think our friend who introduced us mentioned briefly that my partner and I are working to build a retreat center in Ecuador, which is really exciting, but there have been some bumps in the road that have pushed it back. And so I think I'm a little bit like, wait, what am I doing in the interim? What am I doing Mm. now? And so I see people achieving things and being like, but why am I not achieving my things? (laughs) Oh, man. What you're experiencing is so human and so understandable and not any easier because of that. And right. one of the things that I do, and I actually do this with our with our mutual friend, he and I have been doing it for almost two years, and I've been doing this practice for going on three and a half or four, mm-hmm. is I end every day with a list of 10 things that I appreciate. Okay. And I email it to a men's group that I'm in, and I email it to our, our mutual friend. And then he emails me his list, and mm-hmm. a couple of guys in the men's group also email theirs. And what I've found is that practice has helped me appreciate these moments like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because in the process of looking for 10 things I appreciate every day, part of the opportunity is, well, can I appreciate when I'm feeling challenged? Right. I appreciate feeling uncertain about where things are. And that, for me, has put it in a different light in terms Mm -hmm. of appreciate again, appreciating the experiences that I'm on Right. versus the end that I may get to one day. Right. But it makes it like it's not an all or nothing. Whereas if I don't achieve this one very specific goal, it's all been for nothing because it has been because of all the things that happened along the way. But you know, on the flip side, you've probably experienced this too, being a business owner. I have a lot of friends who are like, wait, you just like make your own schedule. Like you're so lucky. I'm so jealous. So, you know, it's a kind of the grass is always greener situation, I think. But that situation where I was like, wait, why am I feeling this way? Definitely made me step back and think like, okay, what is it in my life that I'm, I don't want to say questioning, but where are the areas in my life where I want to see some change that I can approach differently now that I Mm. am sort of like, this has set something off in me a little bit. Yeah. What did you come up with? Still working on it. Still working on it. But yeah, I think it's just becoming clearer with my goal and what I want to create without becoming attached to the specific way that has to happen. Mm-hmm. and trying to not hold so tightly to the process. So we'll see. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I know you have another call in a couple minutes, but this was really great. And how can people follow you, get in touch with you, work with you, all of Absolutely. the above? 
Absolutely. So I have a couple websites, jakefishbein.com and the arena series.com. That second one is for the men's group that I run. I'm on social media, but I don't really post much. So you can find me on Instagram at the coach Jake, but don't expect to see anything. (laughs) Don't expect too much. (laughs) Don't expect too much. If you want to get in touch with me, my email is jake at jakefishbein.com. And I love hearing from people. So if you're inspired by this, I know we only got to speak for a few minutes, but if you're inspired by this, you know, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Great. Well, thank you again. This was really great. Thank you, Laura. It's great to spend some time together. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It helps people learn that we exist and I would so appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at calmthehelldownco. That's calm the hell down co see you next week